Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, January 8th, 2018, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 13 of Bill's story. Today's readers are Mary Jane Z on the 12 Steps, Kathy G. on the Trail of Traditions, and reading our text are Lisa S., Kathleen O., and Chrissy G. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting is 10,899, and for yesterday, January 7th, special edition, the reference number is 10,897. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary Jane Z to read the 12 steps. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes, you can. This is Mary Jane Z, a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater in Kentucky. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics, food addicts, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mary Jane. And I will now ask Kathy G. to read our 12 traditions. Thank you, Kathy. This is Kathy G., gracefully recovering compulsive overeater from Illinois. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathy G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 13 in Bill's story, the first paragraph, and we will read two paragraphs, and I will ask Leah S. to get us started. Thank you, Leah. Thank you so much, Kathy. This is Leah S., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. Treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium tremens. There I stood humbly before my God, to God, as I then understood him, to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away. Root and branch, I have not had a drink since. Wow. I'm going to set my timer. Okay, here we go. So um, Bill uh, is, in Bill's story, we are, pro- we are following his progression of, of, of the disease, of this illness. And, um, and then, of course, he, he's landing at the hospital for I don't know which, how many times already. And Dr. Silkworth is finally treating him for the last time. I believe I'm quoting um, in December 11th of 1934 in the town's hospital. And then he finally understood that uh, this this disease is going to kill him. And unless he has a power that is really greater than himself, then he would he would just die. He, it's just going to be the end of him. And I so identify. On October of 2014, I believe it was 
October 16th, I had my last binge. When I when I um, when I got up from that table and I saw only one slice left, I said to myself, "I don't even remember eating it. There was a whole pie there. What happened to it?" And that's when I it really really hit me. I remember crying, crying for for all those times that I didn't understand it, crying for 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 understanding, for, crying for for gratefulness that I finally am under admitting that I am a compulsive overeater and getting ready to just give all my sins and I said the gravity of a sin I never use the who goes around using the word sin um, but the gravity of the word sin sunk in every time I was going to eat the foods that are going to kill me that I want to kill me is a sin is a sin against me uh, never mind it's a sin against God. It's a sin against the people that love me. It's a sin against the people that I love. But I finally became willing to bring God into my life and to 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 do this program the way I was told to do by my sponsor and not give suggestions to my sponsor. And, and I... This is like uh, this is like a daily reprieve. Every single day, I thank you, God, that I am a compulsive overeater, and that I am that I have been introduced. My time is up. That I have been introduced to this program. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah F. Okay, let's see who would like to share on these two paragraphs. Gina R. Elaine B. Kathleen O. Kelly T. I am. Okay. Let me tell you who I have. Gina R. Elaine B. Kathleen O. Tell me again. Terry H. Kelly T. Kelly H. O. Penny C. And Sally M. Okay, let's stop there. I'll tell you who I have. Gina R., Elaine B., Kathleen O., Terry H., Penny C., um, Reggie O., and Sally M. Okay, it's Kelly T., is that? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kelly. Kelly T. Okay. Okay. Thank you all. Let's start with Gina R. Hi, Kathy K. Thank you so much for your service. And hello, everybody on the line. This is Gina R. Gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. Uh, that very first sentence at the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time, treatment scene wise, for I showed signs of delirium tremens. Um, I caught part of the last or the second hour um, of this morning's meeting and um, someone had posed a question about, well, if we're doing this like our hair is on fire, um, why do we go about setting an appointment to talk to somebody about this? We need to move quickly. And for me, what came up as I thought about it um, was what seemed to be really emphasized to me is, all right, so if my hair is on fire and I'm looking at this like putting out a fire, what is the first thing I need to do? And the first thing I need to do is to put the dang fire out. And so for me, that's putting down the food and picking up the food plan. And then I am able to um, work the steps um, so it's not that we make an appointment to, 
get a fire extinguisher. We, we have to know that that is the fire extinguisher. Putting down the food is the fire extinguisher. And then picking up the steps is what, what we do. And that's what Bill is talking about here. He says, and there I off, humbly offered myself to God. And I have in the margin here that this, from this paragraph down on the rest of the page, he's basically describing what will become steps 11 through 12. Um, but he is, he is understanding that he has got to connect with this power greater than himself. Um, but he's also fully aware that, um, at least in hindsight, he knows that this is where he was separated from his alcohol for the last time. So for me, I had to make that decision that I have got to put the fire out. And while I didn't have delirium, signs of delirium tremens in my body, I definitely had signs of um, medically diagnosed inflammation. A doctor actually told me that. He said, the way you are laying down fat on your body, this is an inflammatory response to the food you're eating. So for me now, and I'm so grateful for that person who asked that question this morning because it clicked. It's like, oh, putting the food down is the fire extinguisher. That is putting the fire out. So, so glad to be here with everybody. Thank you so much for everybody who continues to show up and do this deal. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. Elaine D., please go ahead. Thank you so much for your service, Kathy Kay, and everyone on the line. So there I humbly offered myself to God. There's not a lot of humility uh, leading up to this point, <clears throat> excuse me, in Bill's story. Um, he had come to the place where anything human couldn't help him. He was beyond human aid. In fact, Dr. Silkworth, you know, the man who had been overseeing his care when he went back to treatment again and again, had told him he was the type that he considered utterly helpless, hopeless, no help for you in human aid, in his synthetic knowledge, and everything that he understood. That as far as he was concerned, he had an allergy of the body. When he put alcohol in, he had no choice but to have more alcohol. And should he manage to put it down, he was that mental obsession was going to cause him to pick it up again he was doomed and and yet his friend Ebby had come around and told him about how he had let go by attending this oxford group and uh, bill went and though he got an understanding of what Ebby had experienced he still went out and drank he needed to apply both the understanding of the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind that he cannot safely have alcohol in any form whatsoever with the design for living. And he was beginning to take that step. The design for living he understood in the Oxford group because these 12 steps weren't penned yet. This is the guy who penned these 12 steps uh, in, this, in this way that they developed uh, with the 100 first recovered. It's on page 20, uh, 263. The six steps at that time that the Oxford group were practicing was number one, complete deflation. And he says, there, I humbly offered myself to God as, that, as I then understood him to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly in his care and direction. That's exactly what I needed to do. Then dependence on guidance from a higher power, his care, his direction. And then he took a moral inventory. Bill said, I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing. Without him, I was lost. That's still the, uh, the deflation, I think. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. The moral inventory, the confession. And uh, we go on with the rest of the steps here, restitution, and continue to work with other alcoholics. And that helped him never have another drink, just like it helps me not pick up the food. Continuing to work with you, continuing to work these steps. And I'm so grateful. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine B. Uh, Kathleen O., please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for your service this morning, Kathy. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And good morning, everyone. 
Um, so at the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. And that was Towns Hospital in Manhattan, which actually attracted a lot of wealthy alcoholics and addicts because it was kind of an expensive treatment um, place to go. And this was Bill's fourth and last day. And as Leah mentioned, it was on December 11th, 1934. And Bill was showing signs of delirium tremens. And delirium tremens is a, is a psychotic condition, which is typical of withdrawing chronic alcoholics. And it's also known as the DTs. You know, it causes tremors, uh, hallucinations, anxiety. And so, you know, during this treatment, and, and so Bill goes in for this uh, the infamous belladonna treatment. And, and that was an intense combination of drugs, some of which did cause hallucinations. And Bill's quoted as, as recalling when he was going through this treatment, his meeting with Ebby and saying, if there is a God, let him show himself. I'm ready to do anything, anything. And that's kind of like, you know, will we go to any lengths? And so suddenly the room lights up with this great white light. And and he tells Dr. Silkward later of this sudden and profound experience of this white light experience. Now, maybe that was happening because he was hallucinating, but either way, he never drank again. And, you know, even Dr. Silkward said he didn't understand it, but Bill had better hang on to it. And so, you know, Bill never drank again. And, and so he had this experience of, a, of God, but he didn't stop there. Um, you know, he had to combine this experience of God with the steps and working with other alcoholics. And um, let's see, there I humbly offered myself to God. And, you know, that's basically step three, making a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understand him. And a decision is making up one's own mind. Um, and for the decision to mean anything, I had to take action. And, you know, we're given a key to get out of hell in this program. And step three is taking that key and opening the closed door. For me, it took willingness, it took surrender, and this blind faith that it could work for me. Um, you know, it was about taking everything I thought I knew and casting, casting it out, getting rid of all my self-knowledge, getting out of my ego, and, and you know, believing that and, and acting as if this power could actually help me stop my insanity around food. So with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kathleen O. Uh, let's see, Kelly T., please go ahead. Can I Kelly? be heard? Yes, now yeah. you can. Please go ahead, Hi, Kelly. I'm Kelly, compulsive overeater. Oh, man, just reading this, when he finally put the, let go of his will, like, it brought me back when I had my, um, when I hit my bottom. I, I could remember so clearly. I remember just walking down the streets uh, in the city, and I was binging and purging, going to different locations, like fast food locations, and going to the restroom and purging. And it got to the point where, like, I stopped taking my medication for my anxiety, so it got really bad. I was nauseous, dizzy. I just wanted to drop dead, and that's where I just gave up. I was like, I'm done. I can't do this no more. And I pick up the phone and call a fellow, and that's what saved me, having that that uh, fellowship, that uh, support that I didn't have before um, program. And making that call, that's how I was able to get home um, because I honestly just wanted to drop dead and and I, I was just done. And um, so when I when I heard um, the reader reading this, I was like, wow, it just brought me back where I used to be, where I just don't, I never want to go back and how important it is to give up, give up my will and turn it over to my higher power every day it's never perfect, but every day I have to keep working on it because if I don't, I can't go back to where I used to be because it's a daily reprieve program. Um, thank you. Bye. Thank you, Kelly T. Uh, Penny C., please go ahead. I'm not even sure if I got your name right, but is it Penny C. who's there? Uh, maybe I didn't get it correctly. Reggie O., would you like to share next? Reggie O., please go ahead. 
Yes, thank you. Good morning, Kathy, and thanks so much for your service. Uh, this is Reggie O. Very gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area, and uh, you know that just that first line so struck me this morning. I was uh, separated from alcohol for the last time, and I put my own you know experience in there. And desire is out, you know, to, to think about. You know, I was separated from compulsive eating for the last time. What an amazing thing, you know. He was able to look back and say that, like five years, I guess five years later, maybe when he wrote this book. Um, and what a just what a what a gift, you know, what a gift that is to be able to to say that, you know, and to say today that I am separated from compulsive eating. What a freedom. Uh, he, what he did, you know, what he did, however, is after he was separated from alcohol, which, you know, we've heard many times uh, since we've been reading from the book starting at the beginning again, that we need to be separated from our um, addiction from compulsive eating, um, alcoholic foods and food behaviors, so that we can do the rest of the steps that will separate us from uh, compulsive eating for the last time so that we can have that freedom and um, I love that, you know, humbly offered myself to God. Um, I, I used to think of humbly, and I, it took a while before I heard a lot of people talk about it over the years. I used to think of humbly as, ah, you know, humiliating, you know. To be humble is like that sense of, you know, lowness or lower than. And, uh, but I, I've come to realize in this program, you know, that it's not that at all. It's really being right-sized and right-sized here at this point, you know, is that uh, something else that I've really learned over time. Like I admitted for the first time that of myself, I was nothing. When I used to hear that, I think it's a, it might be biblical as well. I don't remember, but, um, but it's like without uh, that nothing is the, it was the nothing that always stood out for me. But then I came to understand that of myself, me alone, I am nothing, you know, that, that, higher power, that spirit of the universe that underlays or underlies the totality of all things is actually underlies my entire life and all of who I am. So for me, that's right size is coming to, uh, coming to humbly. That's what humbly is, is that kind of right size. And then ruthlessly face my sins. You know, the fourth step, he talks about three or four steps here. Ruthlessly face my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away, root and branch. Um, uh, two things here that, you know, that's the, the face my sins in the fourth step and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away, which is the sixth step. And I love that. This is another way that he describes higher power. He hasn't, you know, that hasn't been used in the big book before. Friend with a capital F. And, uh, and I have not had a drink since he took these steps. And um, so there's just a lot of promise here, you know, a lot of promise for me, a lot of promise, I hope, for newcomers on the line, those who are, you know, in the process of doing this, is that the promise of I have not had a drink since and I have a higher power which to guide and lead my life, which is better than anything I've ever had before. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Reggie O. And Allie M., it's your turn. Please share with us. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Um, thank you, everyone, for being here. This is Ali M. from uh, Recovered in Washington State. And I have tingles going up the back of my neck reading this paragraph. Um, the first thing that jumps out at me is humbly. I humbly offered myself. You know, he's not forcing... Um, he's just humbly offering himself to God who a couple of pages, just a page back, he didn't, um, you know, he's not sure what what this God might be. He's not sure if he can accept that. Um, and so for me, um, I need to do this every single morning. First thing when I wake up, um, I start with my prayers and I say the um, the third step prayer, and then the seventh step prayer. And that's where I see that word, again, humbly um, offered. So when I, um, when I ask for my character defects to be removed, I can't be in charge of that process. I have to humbly admit that, um, that I'm no longer running the show, that of myself I am nothing, um, to control this process of, of the spiritual awakening that 
um, undertaking every day. Um, so we've read this whole chapter um, just describing Bo and how self-willed he is and how, you know, motivated and how successful he is on his own human power. And then all of a sudden the same man um, realized that he, without a higher power, he's lost. And um, he's, he has faith. He has to have faith. And so for me, um, when I was when I was still using food to cope with life, um, that was my power. And so I didn't have any humility. And I um, I couldn't admit that I was powerless. I wanted to run the show, and I really believed that I was able to. There was a lot of dishonesty in it. And so every day I still have my self-reliance as a, as a default setting, then I have to humbly remind myself that I'm no longer running the show. And um, I just love that he says, uh, willing to have my newfound friend take them away. Um, because it's, it's not this, um, this fight that I have to, you know, give up to some, something that I don't understand. I can understand my higher power as a friend. And then that feels safe to me. That I can that I can let go, and I know that I need this power to get through everything in my life, and it's a friendly um, it's a friendly power. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, grateful to know that I can let go in this process of letting go. I thank you so much, and I will pass. Thank you very much, Allie. Um, okay, who else would like to share? On this, these two paragraphs. Sherry KB. I have Sherry KB, Lauren K. In the first group, I didn't hear anybody. Michael M. Michael M. Who else? Marin K. Marin K. Terry H. Terry H. Okay. Anyone else? Okay, I have Sherry KB, Lauren K, Michael M, Marin K, and Terry H. Did I miss anybody? Okay, Sherry KB, please go ahead. Sherry, please unmute, star one. Can you hear me? Can you hear oh, me? now I can. Yeah, now I can. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. This is Terry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, thank you so much for your service, Kathy, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. Um, you know, uh, it's it's talking here about uh, building in the hospital, and uh, very touching where he says that he was separated from alcohol for the last time. Um, that's pretty powerful to me, uh, being separated from the food for the last time. And you know what? Also being separated from self-will. Um, to me, this is about surrender. Um, this this is about steps uh, 1 through 3 and 4 through 9. I mean, 4 through 7, actually. Um, and I, I just think about how, you know, in Bill's story, there were so many eyes. And here it's all about him and he and my newfound friend, and all of that. And this is a lot about surrender. Um, this is a lot about letting go of self-will, uh, humbly, humbly letting go. And um, to me, that's what this is about, is it's about surrender of the will um, for my, my self-will. And I think about what it says on page 85, that the proper use of the will is to align my will with my higher power. And so that means that I'm no longer running the show, that, you know, I work these steps, um, humbly asking God to remove them because I can't. No human aid can relieve my, my compulsive overeating but a power greater than myself. And it's just so beautifully orchestrated here to me um, with Bill um, talking about how he he wants his direction and care. And I like what it says here when he says that um, then as I understood him, um, then, then as I understood him because I think 
we you know we start uh, step three is is turning our will and our life over to a care of a higher power. And as we go through these steps, we get unblocked and we get closer. We get to know our higher power better. And then when we're living in 10, 11, and 12, we are continually growing with our higher power. It's not maintenance steps. I heard years ago that 10, 11, 12 are maintenance steps, but no, they're growing steps. So I think this, this is so beautifully orchestrated here with the way it's being said with the steps and that I, you know, I, I, had, to, I had to let go of that self-will. Because that was what was killing me. I mean, the food was only a symptom, but that self-will was what was killing me. And so um, I can no longer run the show. And I, and I, I do feel lost without my higher power now because I used to just use the food. And now that I no longer use the food, I really rely on my higher power. My higher power has become my higher power rather than the food, which had been my higher power for so long. And I love that it says I found a, a newfound friend. And this is all capitalized. Um, taken away root and branch. Um, that's, you know, six and seven. Um, and he hasn't had a drink since. And that's what's so beautiful is that I can be abstinent by myself and white knuckle it, or I can be recovered and, and be abstinent happily and contently. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Lauren K., please go ahead. Lauren, are you there? Press star one to unmute. Okay, we'll see if if she comes back. Michael M, are you ready to share? Thank you so much uh, for your service. I'm Michael M, recovered one day at a time, and I love so much this chapter. Um, I'm learning so much more about myself on a level. You know, offering myself to thee, I've always had my own will. And even though, for whatever reasons, it was never easy. The higher power was easy. But now, today, what I'm learning is I really love offering myself up, like Bill, to, to, you know, today to my higher power, which today I call God, um, to make these changes and to um, sort of almost in surrendering, I'm becoming the victor. And really by listening to what the words of the big book say, not what I think or say, and being open to what's there, and I'm a long-timer, it's just it's changing me for the better. And so today, my higher power, who I call God today, I would not say that 10 years ago, but my higher power today I offer myself up every day, and when I'm having a, uh, an issue, instead of moaning and groaning, I'm learning to say, okay, my higher power, uh, I need, if your will be done, I need to let go of this. And again, I I love Bill Wilson. I always did. I identify so much, but I'm learning from reading the chapters, uh, the way vision reads, the understanding and the difference of understanding Bill and offering myself up to my higher power and learning not to fight anything or anybody and to help anybody but to focus on, on I have to do what I have to do to stay healthy but be willing to um, just be there. And I'm so grateful and I thank you. I uh, thank, thank you for your service and uh, I pass. Thank you, Michael. And Lorraine K., please go ahead. Lorraine K., can you hear me? I can. Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, everybody on the line. Service is really good. Uh, welcome, newcomers. I've been in the program 23 years, and I'm still learning, uh, especially with the visionary lines. I want to thank the visionaries. I've just come on recently. Uh God, my big book looks like it's been through World War III, uh, and it has been. I, I, like, offered myself up to God when I got abstinent. I put myself in a psychiatric ward because I could not stop purging, and I needed to be watched. And But at that point, I'd had a sponsor from the program, and I had the steps. 
And I worked the steps while I was incarcerated, and um, I stayed there for two months. But I remember that at that point that I said the serenity prayer and offered myself up to God, I began to feed myself. And I was only about 70 pounds. And up until that time, I had all the money in the world to get better, and it never worked. It was the steps. It was the big book. It was this uh, examples of people like you. I got my higher power through the reading of the big book, and I, I turned my will in my life finally, finally over to God and started to take care of myself. It hasn't been an easy road. I'm still uncovering layers of the onions. But uh, every day I have to turn my will and my life over to God and humbly offer myself up to his care. And without God, and I like how it does talk about the friend, because sometimes I get an unloving God and then I feel afraid. So um, God is a friend. God is a benevolent God. God loves us. God wants us to be free. And um, I just love OA, you people, you visionaries, all the examples that told me that I get better and have a happy life, and this is 23 years ago, so thank you for your service. Thank you, Marin K. Terry H., please go ahead. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic, anorexic in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Um, Like Bill, I had multiple hospital stays, as well as several treatment programs. And all of those were exactly what I needed to get my body healthy again. Um, You know, for me um, in this, you know, is what each time I had to get my body back in shape. However, it wasn't until I worked these steps with a recovered person that I was able to work on the obsession of the mind in in that aspect. you know, working through those steps and clearing the blocks between my higher power and I um, brought me to the place where I am today and having that conscious connection with God. I'm just really grateful for that. Um, Working the program, working the steps, step four, you know, clearing out the yuck, um, being open, being willing, uh, being humble, being vulnerable, being seen. That was a huge fear of mine be seen and and, uh, not being able to deal with life on life's terms. I went straight to the food and the food behaviors. But, you know, today I have this program and I'm so grateful um, working through it with my sponsor and having a spiritual experience. You know, I unreservedly, you know, uh, place my care in the care of God today. You know, I don't hold it back. You know, I want God to take the reins because, you know, when I do, I, I make a mess of it, you know, and, and I just want to be open uh, to that, to wherever God's leading me today. Um, in my disease, I was a hot mess all over the place, messing up here. You know, um, I was on a path of slow death. And, you know, I had, I'm just very grateful uh, that I had the willingness to show up and be open because if you don't do the work, you know, it, it, you're not going to get the results. And it takes action. It's definitely a spiritual program in the connection with the higher power. But you've got to do the work. You've got to show up and do the work. You've got to put the food down. If, if a hospital is where you need to go or treatment where you need to go, so be it. And then you've got to work these steps. Because that's the work that you have to do to clear the obsession of the mind. And, um, you know, I... I'm just really grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. We have time for um, at least two more shares. Who would like to share? Kat K. Uh, I'm sorry, what was your first name? Kat K. Kat. Okay, Kat K. Thank you, Kat. Who else? Jenica N. Jenica N. Lou B. Okay, we'll stop there. If we have time for you, Lou, uh, we will hear from you as well. Kat K., please go ahead. Hi, Kat K., a recovered compulsive overeater for today. 
Um, I just wanted to share, you know, I recall reading Bill's story and hearing about, you know, um, and seeing the text saying that he put down the, the alcohol for the last time. And I thought, oh, my gosh, um, when I was going through the steps again four years after a perpetual relapse, I thought to myself, wow, what would it take for me to be able to say with confidence um, that I'm putting down the food for the last time? And, it's, and, and reading this uh, this morning made me realize that at that moment when I questioned it, um, it was an intellectual exercise of my will and my confidence. Um, and it wasn't the exercise of the heart, of knowing, um, due to the strength um, we have from a power uh, greater that, that um, it, it's um, an emotional state, you know, that we speak of that from. And um, I, I, just, I just wanted to share that because um, I, when I was new and I was very nervous, I was like, oh, my gosh, I could pick up at any time. I, I need to work this program. And it was a lot, very much fear-based. And um, I, just, I just had to act as if, you know, act as if, um, act as if I had a great close relationship with my higher power um, and act as if and keep on going to my higher power like um, one of my, my most intimate friends and just keep on turning it over, turning it over, and um, I, I could say today that I don't really question anymore if I put down the food for the last time because it's not my will anymore and I don't need to plan the future. So thank you so much and have a good day. Okay. Thank you, Kat Kay. Uh, Jenica N., please go ahead. Hi, this is Jenica N. from Pennsylvania. Um, I'm really just so grateful to be on this meeting. I have not been on a live meeting in a really long time. Um, I just love these, this whole second paragraph. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that I was, that of myself, I was nothing that without him, I was lost. And that um, I really do feel that of myself, I am nothing. And without my higher power, I am lost. And that's where I was before I came into OA, was really lost, just floundering to put um, some meaning and sense into my life. Um, I personally have, like, you know, just dieting behaviors as well as, like, compulsive, impulsive eating behaviors. Um, I'm learning now that a lot of the reasons that I eat um, or that I ate because I still have the impulse to do so is um, to please other people. And um, I have uh, over-exercising tendencies as a trigger based on my food um, consumption and um, I tried to fix that through my, my disease was an attempt to, to fix my life. And, um, but now through the instruction of this program, I have been graced with a relationship with my higher power, which, um, you know, when I have nothing else to count on, when I feel confused, which today I have to say, I do sort of feel in a muddle of self-criticism um, and confusion, I know that I still have my higher power and that I can go to my higher power to just simply ask, what is the next right thing that you would have me do today? I do not have to figure everything out. Um, another aspect of my compulsion is the, compuls the compulsion to try to figure everything out. And today I just know that I need to do one thing at a time and I really do trust that I will be led. Um, so I place myself, today I place myself unreservedly under my higher power's care and direction. 
Um, so thank you for um, this opportunity to share. Okay. Thank you, Jenica. And now we have one minute. Lou, do you have a short share for us, Lou B? If not, we'll close. Yes, yes. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I can I can have a short share. Thank you so much, and thank you, everyone, on the line today. Um, I just want to say that this program is, this vision program has really um, accelerated and just blown my recovery out of the water. Um, I appreciate what everyone's saying, and I'm, I'm working a fourth step right now with a very loving and gentle sponsor, and there is a lot of yuck. Um, and my higher power that I'm coming to learn to, to tune into doesn't want me to think that I have to suffer to get better. You know, I always, if it was going to get better or if it was going to be fixed, it was going to involve suffering. And that's what dieting was for me um, for many years, suffering to get better, and it never worked. And so I'm doing yoga and praying and meditating and listening to these phone calls. And it's just a more loving and gentle way to get through the steps. So if you're working the steps, don't forget that you can love yourself through the steps and that it just gets better and better. That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you, Ruby. Okay. Um, that's all the time we have today. Thank you, everyone, for a wonderful meeting. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page one. 64, followed by the Serenity Prayer, and I'll ask Kathleen O. to read uh, that paragraph. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Kathleen O. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.